on today's episode of Locked on Canucks. It's JT Miller, JT Miller, and some more JT Miller as we break down the Canucks signing their main man to a new seven-year deal. It is Locked on Canucks, and it starts now. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. Of course, I am your host, Justin Cooney. You can find me at Twitter at underscore, that is underscore, Process Sports, P-R-O-C-E-S-S-S, Sports. You can spell it out like that. You can follow our show at Locked on Canucks on Twitter. Please also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. All you got to do, go to YouTube, type in Locked Locked on Canucks, excuse me, and follow us right there. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast services. So, guys, Friday, little story time. Story time with me. Friday, gonna come home from work, gonna go out with some coworkers, you know, enjoy the night, enjoy the evening, uh, have a nice dinner. I get off the, I get out of the subway, and you know, I, I go to dinner and I come home and I see JT Miller has signed with the Vancouver Canucks, and I literally dropped my phone and it was like, oh, I double checked, made sure I was right, grabbed my phone, filmed that video you guys saw all saw on Twitter, and I think. My immediate reaction was, oh, my God, we don't have to talk about this anymore. There's no more JT Miller trade saga, no more JT Miller contract saga. It is over. It is done. We can focus on the season and know that JT Miller is here for the long haul, and it will all work out. That, to me, was massive. That, to me, was the Canucks with another win. And I should have I should have known because now I can tell with this new management group now that the Canucks want to drop news bombshells on Friday and they don't have to talk about it until the week's over. And this was different because it was a long weekend as well. Yes, JT Miller did some media availability, but we finally got the whole picture today, all the media interviews done, the hoopla and stuff like that. And I know I was going to do an episode over the weekend, but I wasn't feeling the best under the weather. So, you know, I came back, rested, recuperated, and now I'm here to tell you guys what I think about this monumentous moment in the Canucks offseason and that JT Miller signed a new seven-year contract extension worth $56 million. For you mathematicians out there, that is $8 million per year. So what were my initial thoughts on this deal? Well, I thought it was a very, very good deal for both sides. JT Miller got the money he deserved. JT Miller um, was, as I said before, he was a very important piece. He was been the best player of this franchise for the last three years. And to trade him, while I understood you had to do it if you want to, you know, asset management and you couldn't sign him, then you trade him and you get the most for him and you move forward. But I didn't, if you go back to my previous episodes, right, I just wanted the Canucks to make a decision. Are we going to keep him or are we going to trade him? Right. There's all that. Oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I think we finally got the answer. The Canucks wanted to keep him. They kept him. They found the common ground. Yes, it's a longer deal than I thought. I thought it was going to be a five to six year range, not a seven year deal. But 
when you look at it, right, they had to make a concession somewhere, right? Either they pay Miller more on the AAV and less years, or they would do what they did and go that seventh year with the eight million full no trade clause, all that stuff, um, and go and so forth. Um, what really agitated me though and irritated me were the people complaining about this deal, saying that oh we don't want to pay a seven, a, you know thirty seven year old eight million dollars a year. Well, when you think about it, right? Think with the perception. Perception is huge in my life, right? And how people perceive things and you know try to determine things and it's it's wild to me Canucks fans' perception and the way they view things sometimes. So when I thought I'm like you know what yeah it's gonna be kind of shitty at the end. But you have a 100-point guy, your best player, you know, an elite player in the NHL locked up for the next seven years. And you know at least the next three to four years you're going to get very good production and pretty decent value uh, for that contract. The afterwards, it's not going to be good. But the other thing is the cap is going to go up. I think that gets lost in the shuffle. You, you gets way lost in the shuffle. The NHL cap is going to go up because, A, we're coming out of the pandemic. The markets are getting back, you know, people are getting back to spending money, going out, buildings are full capacity, all that stuff. Owners are going to be making money again, and the cap is going to rise once again. That's why you saw teams like Tampa Bay sign guys to these eight-year deals because the cap is going to go up, and that hit, that $8 million hit is probably going to be not as bad when the cap rises in the next, you know, five, six years. That's not going to be that bad. So I think Canucks fans need to think about in that perspective where, hey, the cap is going to go up. Therefore, this hit is not going to be as bad. You're still going to probably have space to sign Pedersen. You're still going to sign Bo Horvat. The Canucks will maneuver around the cap to ensure these players are here. And the other thing this deal did was, I'll go back to perception, excuse me, was you look at what Calgary just did. They signed Jonathan Huberto to a massive eight-year deal and signed Naz Kadri to a seven-year deal. And people were clapping and cheering about Bradtree living. And I know even me, I was the one who said, oh, it's not going to – they better win the next three to four years. Otherwise, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. Well, that's the same case for the Canucks, right? They did the exact same thing. They signed a guy who's been here, who knows the organization. That's the difference. Huberto and Kadri are new to the Calgary system. We don't know how they're going to fit under Daryl Sutter. We know what JT Miller is in a Canucks uniform. He's their best player. So you have your best player locked in for the next seven years. Yes, at the end, it's not going to be pretty. But right now, you are a team that is going for it, being aggressive. And I love that. Excuse me. When I when I look at uh, across the landscape of sports, I want to see teams that are aggressive. Because the teams that are aggressive are generally the ones that win. Right? You look at the Los Angeles Rams consistently aggressive they stole bobby wagner from and steal him they took bobby wagner from the seahawks i'm very upset about that but you know vaughn miller odell beckham alvin robinson whoever the rams are aggressive what's less needed gm his moniker was f those picks right you look at baseball the atlanta braves last year were aggressive at the trade deadline and got better right the colorado avalanche have made aggressive moves that's how you stay successful Nobody can guarantee that a prospect or whatever that they traded for JT Miller was going to pan out and give you that same value. You know what you're going to get from JT Miller for the next three to four years. That is a certainty. You don't know what's out there that the Canucks were going to get for, excuse me, for JT Miller, right? The, it's clear that the deal that they wanted was not there. 
right? The price point or whatever they're asking for trade-wise was not available. So the best option was to keep him. And that's what they did. Um, so I really like this deal. I think this deal will calm the nerves of the, the whole organization. It's another check mark for the Alvin Rutherford front office that, hey, we got this guy done. I think the Bo Horvat deal is next. I think that gets done right before training camp, similar to his last deal. Um, it'll probably be a little bit less than well, it's obviously not going to be $8 million, but he'll get a, a pay raise. And also, it'll be a longer-term deal because he's the captain. He's going to stay here. But he's also a little bit younger, too. So I like this deal. I don't understand what people are complaining about. I think the Canucks got a win from this deal. So to dive further into this, I actually hopped on the Locked On NHL show the other day with Gil Martin, and I explained my thoughts continuously on the JT Miller signing. So hope you guys enjoy that part of the interview and that segment. But first, I have a special, not a, uh, important announcement from NHTSA. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction time slows way down when you're hot. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, don't get behind the wheel. You feel different. You drive different. Don't drive high. Get a DUI. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today. And thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show, Justin Pooney, the host of Locked On Canucks. feel like we just did this, but, uh, you know, good news happened. So you certainly want to talk about it. JT Miller, uh signing a seven-year deal worth uh, $8 million a year to stay in Vancouver. And Justin, what does this mean for the Canucks both this year and in the long term? Well, I think it was the biggest question um, in Vancouver. I know we talked about it last week when I was on, but the outlook of the Canucks that this was this dark cloud or this uncertain cloud hanging over the organization. And what was going to be the resolution? Was there going to be a trade that we – I think everybody in Canucks Nation probably thought was going to happen or war, or was there going to be an extension? Um, and from all indications well, the week previous that they were far away on, on an extension and that we fully expected that JT would come in and he'd play out his last year and all of a sudden the ball started getting rolling. He had a you know a brand new baby he brought him and his wife brought into the world this year. And then also he signs a brand new extension. And I think what happened was I've just from my inclination, I don't know anything, but just he realized that this was going to be the best place for him to, you know, be successful. And also where he was probably going to get a deal that he felt he deserved. Now, there's a lot of people out there on Canucks Twitter and Canucks fan base that hate this deal because it's a seven-year deal. He's going to be 37 at the end of it, making $8 million. And the PTSD of Canucks fans knowing that paying – um Players at that age, at that price, never pans out. But when you look at it in the next three to four years, right, this is a win because JT Miller has been the Canucks' best player. JT Miller has been one of the best, you know, players in the NHL. 
um, over the last few years. You saw that last year, 99 points. It's not very, you look at what Jonathan Huberto just got over 100 points. He's got $10.5 million from Calgary. Naz Kadri got, I believe it was seven. JT Miller got eight. And I think when you look at it and the product and where his salary, you know, stands out among ranks, excuse me, amongst the rest of the NHL players, it is very club friendly. And the other thing that people are forgetting is the cap is going to get, you know, it's, it's going to grow. We're coming out of this pandemic. Revenue is growing again in the league and the cap is going to go up. You saw it with Tampa Bay when they signed guys like Sorelli to those longer term deals with the ex- expectation that the cap is going to keep on going up and up and up. So I think, yes, from a point of view of a Canucks fan, you're thinking, well, you just signed $8 million, but there's no cap space. The cap is going to go increase. There's going to be more cap space. They're going to be able to keep Bo Horvat. Um, and as that continues to happen, um, you're keeping your best player on your team. And I think in that locker room, keeping your best player in Vancouver is a signal that to guys like Quinn Hughes, Thatcher Demko, Elias Pettersson, that, hey, we're not punting on another season where we want to rebuild. Because this team does not want to rebuild, right? This team has its best players in its core and wanting to contend. They're going for it. Whether you like it or not, they're going for it. Well, I I would assume most fans would like the fact that they're going for it and not going to take a step back and and try a rebuild. Um, As far as, you know, you you mentioned sending a message to the other better players on the team as far as that's concerned. Who is up next as far as contract negotiations are concerned and how do you think this will affect those negotiations? Well, the next point of order is the Bo Horvat contract. Of course, he, alongside JT Miller, before JT Miller said, were set to become unrestricted free agents come next season. Um, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Bo Horvat's contract um, is going to get done. I think it gets done right before training camp, maybe even sooner. Um, all reports have been that there's been positive talk, positive dialogue, and a deal will get done. He's the captain of the team. He's the longest tenured Canuck. Um, he's been here for a while and he's going to be here for a while. He's coming off his best season where he just scored 30, 31 goals and got hurt at the end of the year. It was kind of, you know, a bit of a crippling blow to this team. Um, I think Bo Horvat will sign something along the likes of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Probably you'll get a longer term deal, one less on the AAV. And you're seeing what's happening with these guys in Vancouver now with Rutherford and Alvin. You know, they're wanting to be here. Right, Andre Kuzmenko chose to be here. Ilya Mikheyev chose to be here. JT Miller chose to resign, taking less money. You know, even if he he could have got eight and a half, maybe eight point seven five on the open market over that term, he still left money on the table to stay in Vancouver. And I think what you're seeing now with this organization is a shift. You're seeing a change from the top on down, where. They're seeing that this organization is building something special. And it might, I'm not saying a Stanley Cup is coming anytime soon, but you're seeing a new culture being born here. And I think that is something that um, is a re- very refreshing. Um, we've seen over the last, you know, the last 10 years gym betting where it was very tumultuous. And you're seeing now this franchise take the shape of its new leadership under Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin. I think. It's refreshing. It's exciting. The Canucks' new slogan is unfinished business. Um, and this season, there is unfinished business. And I think the playoffs are the business that they want to finish. 
No question about that. They came close last year uh, in spite of all the obstacles that they faced. As far as this season is concerned, what does it mean for the team to take away that uncertainty that existed before? We all know Vancouver is a fishbowl of a media market. You know, the media every day had JT Miller not come in with a contract extension. Every day would be asking a question about his contract status. Um, They get on a losing streak. Well, does he want to request a trade? Does he want out? Um, That whole cloud of just constant barrage from the media is not going to be there anymore. Or even just within the locker room itself, that uncertainty of, hey, is he only here for a year? Is he half in, half out? You know now that JT Miller is 100%, 10 toes down, committed to the Canucks and this franchise. You know that's going to be the case with Bo Horvat. And then after that, you have Quinn Hughes locked in, you have Thatcher Demko locked in, Brock Besser just signed a new deal. Um, so there's been work that has to be done. Now, Elias Pettersson uh, has some pressure on him because he's going to be eligible for an extension after this year. Um, and what does he want? You, we know how supremely skilled he is. We know all the tools are there. Can he put it together and finally have a season where, you know what, he takes that step from being a very good young player to being a bona fide all-star? And the same goes with Quinn Houston, Thatcher Demko. I think this season, alongside with the uncertainty of JT Miller now being gone, it now shifts the focus to those three young players and how they kind of take over the franchise. Because JT Miller is here for another seven years, but we know this franchise is going to go as far as Elias Patterson, Quinn Hughes, and Thatcher Demko take them. So I, that's what I'm looking forward to now. Now that this whole JT Miller saga is over, how do these three young guys ascend into the elite ranks of the NHL, which I think we're all, we all know they're all capable of doing so. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see when and if they get that done. Justin, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at underscore process sports. That's underscore process sports. Uh, our show's Twitter at locked on Canucks. You can also find our show on YouTube. Just search in locked on Canucks in the search bar. And we'll probably be the first thing that shows up. And we're also free and available wherever you get your podcast services. So yes, please tune in. Uh, this week will be a lot of dedicated stuff towards JT Miller. Um, further exciting that the season's just around the corner yeah can't wait it's looking looking really good justin thanks again for joining us today no problem thank you welcome back to locked on canucks the show that keeps you locked in on all things vancouver canucks i hope you guys enjoyed that interview i did with gil martin of locked on nhl so last part of the show i explained how i like this deal i think this deal keeps the canucks um relevant the you know the front office check boxes the perception of how you know fans out there think it's a bad deal which makes no sense because the canucks kept their best player and he took less money to stay here um which again is just another coup towards rutherford and alvin so i want to talk about this whole win now perception of course they're in win now mode they should have been in win now mode you have guys like Elias petterson quinn hughes thatcher demko bo horvat brock besser jt miller Ilya Mikheyev, um, the list goes on, you know, Andre Kuzmenko. You have these players here who are in the prime of their career that want to win and be successful. You're not wanting to rebuild and build through the draft and all that other stuff. This team, with their best players, they want to win now. They're in a position to win now. So, of course, they're all in. Why would they not be? What, 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 what else would the Canucks 
what this is not a rebuild, not a retool. The Canucks are all in to make the playoffs. And yes, they're not a finished product. Yes, the defense still needs work. But if you look at everything else other than the defense, this team is very, very good. They have a grade A number one goalie. They have a comparable a, a competent backup, excuse me. They have 10 top nine forwards. They have a proper fourth line center now. This team is good. I know, I know, I know we all there like to think the Canucks, you know, they haven't had the success over the last couple of years and stuff like that. This team has talent. This team has grit. This team now has speed with Ilya Mikheyev. This team has a good goalie. They have an elite number one defenseman who can take an, the next step to become even better, right? This team is actually good. And I think Canucks fans, we're just so subconsciously so negative that we don't think about, wow, it actually might be, you know, things might be good. All these people out here talking about how the deal is, you know, not good. They should have traded them. I want you guys to think about this. Think about any other sport where a team has their best player going into the last year of their deal. He's still coming off a career best year, right? Do you want to, and you look at the rest of the roster, the rest of the roster is filled with young players that are ascending into their primes that want to win. Do you trade him and try to get unknown commodities that make your team worse when you're clearly trying to proceed forward and get better? I don't think so. So I, I just want this whole notion of people to stop complaining about this deal. This deal is a positive. What happened on Friday was a positive for the Canucks franchise. Is another step in the positive news that's going to go forward to this season where hopefully we see playoff hockey. And we all and I think going into this season now, the Canucks have certainty. They don't have clouds anymore. They don't have noise. They don't have any of that. They have structure. They have answers to questions. The biggest question has now been answered, right? There is now, when training camp opens up at the end of this month, people now will have such a clear clarity and they will now have to answer stupid questions. They will now be able and willing to, to step on the ice and play hockey. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to play hockey at an elite level. And I think they're going to get off to a better start. And I think they're going to be much more focused on Bruce Boudreau. They're going to be much more in sync with one another. And I think this year is going to be very special. Because I think there is an opening for the Vancouver Canucks. Now, some people might say I'm too overly optimistic and too crazy. But I really think this team is built right now. And the way... The organization is flowing. The way the positivity around the organization is going, that things are going to be going well. So I want all you Canucks fans that didn't like this deal to stop overthinking things, stop overanalyzing things, and just look at the simple fact. The Canucks kept their best player for under market value. That's a win. The Canucks are a better team and made better acquisitions than they were last year. That's a good thing. They're returning a coach who now gets a full offseason in training camp with this roster after he had a lot of success last year. That's a good thing. They have competent management right now. That's another good thing. There are good things happening here in Vancouver, and it's only going to get better, and I cannot wait for this season to start so the Canucks can make an ascension into the playoffs and finally hopefully get some sustainable winning. So that's all the time we have for today. I hope you guys enjoyed Today's episode of Locked on Canucks. Tomorrow, we'll be back talking more about JT Miller probably and more with the Canucks. So stick around for that. But I also want to thank you for making Locked on Canucks your first listen every day. Now your second listen, Locked on NHL. 
Locked On Experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Guys, take care, stay safe, and I will talk to you tomorrow.